Meanwhile, recorded live in the Lava Lamp Lounge, it's somewhere in between a radio zine. News, music, culture, stories, and more. This show is what we make of it, and hopefully you'll join us in the fun, too. Now let's get started. And welcome to a very strict diet routine starting right now. It's issue 21, some Thanksgiving leftovers. Welcome to the Holiday Corridor, where we just keep on having holidays from now until the beginning of the new year. In fact, today marks exactly four weeks left in 2020, something that's probably both relieving and horrifying as you think about what's left to be done and that, well, this crappy year is going to be finally behind us. The day after Thanksgiving has certainly changed over time. It didn't always used to be this Black Friday that we've come to know, and, uh, well, this year, if you did actually go out shopping in person, it would probably become a very black, dark, foreboding, grim Friday, to be honest. In the old days, the day after Thanksgiving was mostly left to recuperation. You know, this was kind of like the two days off that you got before the Christmas break really set in. And during that time, there was plenty of relaxing, lounging, watching films, you name it. Any possible way that you could to basically drag the weekend out as long as possible. A couple of football games, even though it's way too cold to be throwing a football back and forth outside. And then, of course, you got to watch about six or seven football games, too, if you can. There's movie marathons to be had, and of course, well, in some households, that is the weekend that you decorate for Christmas. It goes on and on. There's a lot that can be done this time of year as well. And it doesn't always get a lot of attention, especially when there's a regular year just happening without too much weird, wild craziness going on. This is the time of year, of course, for reflection, preparation, it's going to get very, very cold. It's going to get very, very dark. We haven't even reached the shortest day of the year yet. In fact, so much happens in this next four weeks that it really does feel like a marathon of things to do and things having been done. With this particular year, though, we're doing everything completely different. This might be the year that we finally embrace new traditions in the classic Devo style. This year it would be incredibly handy for us to just stay at home, play it cool, maybe adopt a new movie series that we could watch over the weekend with our partner so that we can really kind of get in the flavor of this staying at home. I would love to see things stray away from the money side of Black Friday. In fact, so much of this weekend has so many purchasing holidays related to it that it'd be really nice if we could just get rid of all of that and 
kind of bring it back home to what's really important. In addition to the incredible number of holidays that we have access to this time of year, there's probably as many streaming services too. And each of them are offering their own different kind of celebrate the season in this particular style or this particular fashion. It's actually kind of nice because I feel like there's been more attention given to Thanksgiving as something that we celebrate than has happened in the last several years. Halloween certainly has eclipsed a lot of other holidays in terms of how much and how many people want to celebrate it. And Christmas has always been a very big contender in terms of taking over a good chunk of the end of the year. But this year it actually felt like, in proper balance, we had Halloween and then Thanksgiving. Which is often reduced to just a simple meal in the middle of the week that kind of throws a monkey wrench into the work week and, oh man, it's too soon before Christmas to really feel like it isn't connected to that part of the year. And yet there's almost four weeks between those two, some years. So it certainly does have this disconnected flavor. And as history tends to uncover more and more of what's really criminally awful about Thanksgiving and how it used to be celebrated, it tends to point out that it's really not cool at all. Many of the trappings that came with Thanksgiving in terms of the stories about the first meal and all of that are just incredibly racist and really, really kind of awful when you think about it. We have this problem where the entire backstory behind the holiday is sort of muddied and absolutely drenched in this colonial expansionist idea. In the same way that Christmas almost has to become completely divorced from its Christian ideology in order to become a secular holiday, Thanksgiving has a very different kind of baggage that is associated with it. And it hasn't quite yet been able to do that dance where it shimmies that baggage off and becomes the other thing that it could. Maybe smaller gatherings are how we do this. Maybe we can leverage the necessity of this particular pandemic and find a way to make this holiday a, a little bit more meaningful for us in a way that definitely rids itself from all of the really horrific connotations that come with the genocide that is embedded within it. It's always going to be difficult to tell people how to celebrate and what they should do, and that's not where I'm going with this particular idea. In fact, please keep your traditions. But maybe emphasize the ones that you can do at home, with family. This would be the perfect year to have a wonderfully bookish end to Thanksgiving, where you institute the tradition of sitting in the living room, listening to music and reading. This could also be the year that you decide to go for a walk, something we'll all need to be doing more of if we're going to be ingesting this many calories over the next few weeks. A family walk, even in cold weather, can actually be a lot of fun. Bundling up, you get to pick out all your cool old coats. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, everybody's got such wonderful mask selections now, too. You can kind of color coordinate and get something to go with your outfit. Often, Thanksgiving tends to offer the weekend free to a lot of people. And given that so many of us are now working from home and or have to stay home, we do have this opportunity to have a large chunk of time uninterrupted to do whatever we want. And while that might not exactly be appealing after several months of lockdown, it is something this time that might include your family. In the old days, a lot of people might go out and see a movie over the Thanksgiving weekend. And while certainly I do not want to recommend that at all right now, please... I do want to recommend the idea of trying to build anticipation for whatever the dumb little thing is that you're going to do this particular weekend. Maybe you are going to plow through those Star Wars movies again with the whole family on the couch, but why not pump it up a little bit? Give it a little bit of hype, you know? There's nothing wrong with trying to build excitement for something that you all know and love. In a way, if we can imbue all of the moments of this particular holiday weekend with a certain kind of festive magic, just by wanting it to be more than it really might have been otherwise. Sure, any night of the week you can watch a movie with your family. This year, you're watching a Thanksgiving special double feature with King Kong and Godzilla back-to-back -back with a snack break in the middle that includes a French toast bar. I'm not kidding. Look at the different kinds of powdered sugar we have available. I mean, sure, it's a little bit silly. Maybe. But I'm going to tell you, I think you're going to smile a little more at Godzilla this time, if you give it a little chance. Have a banana, Hannah. Try the salami, Tommy. Give it the gravy, Davy. Everybody eats when they come to my house. Try a tomato plate, too. Here's cacciatore, Dory. Taste of bologna, Tony. Everybody eats when they come to my house. I fix your favorite dishes. Hoping this good food fills ya. Work my hands to the bone in the kitchen alone. You better eat if it kills you. Pass me a pancake, mandrake. Having a derby, Irvy. Look in the fender, Mendel. Everybody eats when they come to my house. Hannah, Davy, Tommy, Dora, Mandrake. Everybody eats when they come to my house. Pasta Fazula, Tolula. Oh, do have a bagel, bagel. 
Now don't be so bashful, Nashville Everybody eats when they come to my house Hey, this is a party, Marty Well, you get the cherry, Jerry Now look, don't be so picky, Mickey Cause everybody eats when they come to my house All of my friends are welcome Don't make me coax you, mooch you Eat the tables, the chairs, the napkins, who cares? You gotta eat if it chokes you Oh, do have a knish, knisha Ask him the latke, matke Chili con carne for Bonnie Everybody eats when they come to my house Face, buster, share, chops, fump Everybody eats when they come to my house And speaking of food, I'm sorry I was late getting back from that song, but I had to take some pies out of the oven because I've actually taken on the hobby of learning a little more about working in the kitchen because I don't really know anything about it at all. And it's been kind of fun to figure out how to make soup and how to roast a chicken and how to bake a pie and how to make muffins and all that good stuff simply because it's a skill that I didn't have before. And it's actually kind of rewarding to find a weird pile of things on the kitchen counter and through some really unusual alchemy, I'm able to produce some sort of meal that we are able to eat and enjoy How did that happen? Well, it wasn't easy, actually. I've uh, had to practice quite a bit. And uh, certainly new hobbies and different kinds of things that you aren't used to doing can help shake up a time of year that might be a little bit dreary and difficult otherwise. One of the things that I have taken on this year to kind of help improve my mood and give myself a little bit of a challenge is uh, not just the cooking but i've also taken on national write a novel month which is often reduced to the hashtag nanoremo uh and this has been going for quite a number of years and i've been participating for a while now but it was only in the last few years that i've ever actually completed the task of writing fifty thousand words in the month of november which I must say is pretty daunting and pretty strange and very, very challenging if you've never tried to do it before. The idea is very simple, and it's actually very cool, too. Uh, Get together with a group of friends online these days, of course, but you can do it any way that works for you. Please only do it online. Please, please, please. And uh, you just encourage each other to write. And the goal, of course, is that in the month of November, you would try to craft 50,000 words towards a novel. 
And that's technically shorter than a novel, and it's a little bit longer than a novella. It's a, it's a kind of an unusual length, but it's a very achievable length in 30 days. And I think that is the key. It's more than you would write normally, but it's actually achievable. And it's really not that much. It's a little over 1,600 words a day to get to 50,000 if you really want to break it down mathematically. So uh, it's kind of one of these challenges that you can really wrap your nerd brain around as well as the creative side of your uh, brain, which sometimes needs a little extra scratching, especially in these pandemic times that we are living in. Now, of course, this would be a very difficult day for you to start your novel. so. This really only works as a kind of something for next year or maybe a little bit of a debrief on how it went this year. But I will say, uh, as a creative challenge, finding the time to write and fitting it into your day and into your schedule, and then fitting it in at a time when you are feeling motivated and can and want to actually write, which are kind of separate things sometimes. There's so much about the challenge of writing 50,000 words in a month that is about organization, rethinking how you go about projects and about things that you try to do as part of your creative workload. Now, this is certainly something that I think about a lot. I make radio shows, I make music, and I'm also in the habit of writing from time to time, making zines and things like that. So the notion that I need to become better at managing my time and somehow parceling out when I can do things and when I can't do things is, is, is very important to me. And so kind of by accident, taking on the challenge of writing a novel in a month is the perfect way to just reorganize your brain about how you do the things that you need to do from day to day, especially for creative people where perhaps the structure of your day is a little random, maybe not as rigid as perhaps a job that you go and punch a clock and that kind of thing. Being creative is very difficult because there is this notion that if you just sit somewhere long enough and think hard enough that inspiration will strike you. And that's probably the furthest thing from the truth that there ever was. In fact, learning to be creative and learning to do it well involves a whole lot of you sitting there and forcing it to happen. Trying to write when and you're just not in the mood. Or trying to find inspiration when it's not suddenly striking you. Writing a thousand words to find out that only the last sentence was actually anything you care about or want to use. All of these things are little lessons in how to be a creative person, but are difficult to learn and sometimes not exactly something you want to work on on an average day between, say, doing the laundry and making food for your partner. It's just a bit of a challenge, you know? Like, there's a lot to do. So something like this, where it's a casual, fun thing you can do with friends online, you can compete to see who's written more words in a day, all that kind of stuff, 
it really has a, an excellent kind of bonus to it when you do it well, because not only are you writing something, but you're also honing this creative skill, this way to produce work of whatever nature in a manageable daily routine. Now, here's the disclaimer. I probably started writing these novels somewhere in 2004, something like that. And in that era, I have only completed a novel recently. So that speaks to how difficult it actually is. This isn't something that you can rush out and just bang out a novel in a month and yeah, you know, you'll just do it. This actually takes work and practice. The first several years, I would be diligent for the first week, and then I would drop the ball almost immediately. I often tried to do this concurrently with school, and that was a big mistake because there's already a lot of writing and reading and whatnot happening in school, and then to want to go home and bang out another 2,000 words for a novel that you don't have to write, oof, that was tricky. And certainly the luxury of trying to do this as an adult when you just have a job and it's not necessarily one that makes you think that hard. That's certainly something that seems manageable. But you'll quickly find that it's actually a bit of a challenge. I was shocked the first year that I actually finished my novel before the end of the month. And it's not readable and it's not a lot of fun and I'm not exactly sure I want to share it with you anymore. <laughs> but I did it. And I think I feel a little bit the same about this attempt this year. I did it. I'm glad I did it. I'm not sure if the novel is ready for public consumption, but I feel like it helped me get somewhere as a creative person who makes creative things and wants to work at keeping a schedule a little bit better. That might be something you want to think about next year in terms of how you want to proceed at rolling into November. Maybe don't just have the holidays on your mind, if you know what I mean. That's going to do it for us this week here on the program. Somewhere in between a radio zine, some Thanksgiving leftovers. Issue 21 contains stories written by Austin Rich, including New Traditions and 
hashtag NaNoWriMo. In these trying times at this late stage in 2020, we are all strapped for new ideas to help us pass the time. With Christmas around the corner and a new year coming very soon, have you considered dismantling the patriarchy and working to improve the state of rights for women and minorities in your country? It's the only way we're going to find fairness in the future. This episode was produced by Austin Rich in the Lava Lamp Lounge and was assembled using only the finest in 20th century technology. In the long-standing tradition of most zines, there is an open submission policy here. If you have a story you'd like to send in, read, or just want to be a part of the show, why not drop a line to austinrich at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us this week. You guys are wonderful. You guys are beautiful. And without you, there would be no program. Be seeing you. Song.